Welcome to Access Paracast, I'm Beth Darlington. In this episode, I take a snapshot of what really happened while at a paranormal investigation at the notorious Aradale Lunatic Asylum. I also delve into what really frustrates paranormal investigators about what we actually do. And I also chat with Ben Fairburn about some of his interesting experiences with his search for the elusive Yowie. Aradale is Australia's largest abandoned lunatic asylum. It opened in 1867 and apparently held some of the country's most severe lunatics. As some of us already know, treatment for psychiatric conditions weren't exactly ethical and this location alone had approximately 13,000 people who died there. When it was fully running, it had 68 buildings and over 2,000 patients and staff, almost like its own little town. It closed in 1993, and now you can thankfully head out into the dark reaches of these abandoned buildings and find out for yourself if any of the residents are still there. And I was lucky enough to have the opportunity, thanks to the Australian Paranormal Society. Joined by members from Paranormal X-Files and the Paranormal Prospectors Australia team, we spent a Friday night with many other special guests, including Glenn Cochran of Fakeshemp.net, and headed into each building, armed with a few pieces of paranormal investigation equipment. We started the night with a few burst EVP sessions. Okay, this is Sarah and Beth's group in the men's ward at Aradale. leave it about a minute at first because then you get to hear what's happening around get a bit of an idea of the outside sounds inside sounds as well after we stopped the recording we found out from one person what they experienced and how have you felt the whole time you've sort of been in this hot and cold Cold? <laughs> no, no, hot and cold. Oh, hot, like, yeah, I'm like, in the future. I've been taking and, and, and coat off yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before, I could have actually got another coat. I felt like coldness. You oh, felt you oh, like a cold, like in, just in front of you? Like, I don't know, just coming from us. Oh, okay. Outside, interesting. Okay. Interesting coming from there because that yeah. feels pretty yeah. solid. Yeah, yeah. All good. All good. Yeah. And Bill Tabone from APS has also had one of his own rather strange experience. Weird experience I had when I was in here. Right, we were standing there. Okay, I walked in like the two guys, and I walked up and stood right there. Next thing you know, I heard right next to my head. Something hit the What's that? A bunch of people come up. There's a dead bat on the ground. So I thought, dead bat pulled into the wall. Now that's pretty weird because they got sonar that actually runs too many things. But, okay, what happened? One of the guys who was there was an exterminator. He came up, he picked the bat up, and he said, well, this bat's been dead, it's hollow for quite a while. So I think what I, from, from what, the only thing I could come up with is somehow that's hit this wall, made that noise. It's the only thing I could think of. So whatever it was, I don't know. I don't speculate what it was, but if I was to, I would say it got thrown against the wall. Other experiments were carried out during the night and we all finished around 11pm. 
If you can, make a trip to Aradale, as this place is massive with so many buildings to explore. Make sure you head to Eerie Nate's tours and book in to experience this great location. A while ago, I posted on Facebook a question I was quite intrigued on finding the answer to from the general paranormal community. It was, what is your biggest frustration about the paranormal? Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's hard to investigate spontaneous phenomena, but it's more about the frustrations of being a paranormal investigator. Now, the answers were really, really interesting, and they came in quite thick and fast, to be honest. Some of them were, or most of them were, a lack of common knowledge on how to use equipment, letting belief in the paranormal override possible logical explanations, understandable, the angst of gaining access to locations, or more accurately, not gaining access at all, orbs, I'll just leave it at that, paranormal politics with other groups, people who are involved in the paranormal to make money, people expecting activity to occur on tours like it's some kind of performance or circus trick, people who are in it to become famous or somehow get a TV deal, people who are in it to boost their self-esteem so they appear to be special due to perceived abilities like mediumship, and of course, competition to have some of the best perceived evidence. Makes sense, right? I have to say that I would agree with, you know, some of those points. So from someone looking from the outside in, somebody who isn't into the paranormal or an investigator, and those are some of the many frustrations we come across as investigators, why on earth do we do it at all? Well, as some may have already heard from me, I say it's all down to intent. People are in it for different reasons, whether we agree with them or not. The field can't be regulated because it doesn't currently have a backing of an official license or qualification, right? One such group formed in the UK called the British Paranormal Association. They attempted to create a standard across the field, but they haven't been able to do so much without dealing with a heap of disgruntled investigators claiming that they're trying to take over and be leaders in the field. Frustrating, right? So what is your reason for investigating possible claims of paranormal activity? My ex would ask why I was working away on something that couldn't be proven and never understood my drive to find out more. Many start their journey due to personal experiences and want to find their own answers for themselves, right? Others want to further the knowledge to different types of paranormal phenomena or write about it to let others know anything new and different. Um, some really just like the thrill of it. Others might want to just help other people who feel that they might be experiencing paranormal issues. So whatever it is, remember your reason for investigating because there are times when you'll want to just drop everything and walk away. You know, where someone said something, or you see someone who's acting out of people you know, or you feel frustrated trying to work it out that you may have actually recorded something that might be paranormal, you, you can't really tell. Remember your intent. The fascination and the passion for investigating the possibility of an afterlife. The rest will always sort itself out. On a cruisy Sunday afternoon, I managed to catch up with Ben Fairburn. Who's Ben? He's a guy that's been interested in the paranormal for quite a while. But of recent, he's been really getting into the whole Yowie thing. Yowie thing? Think of Bigfoot, Sasquatch and Yeti, but it's the Australian Indigenous version. His thoughts 
and why he thinks that these creatures actually exist. So I'm here with Ben Fairburn. And Ben, uh, we've known each other for a couple of years. Yeah. And I've noticed recently you've been really delving into the whole um, Yowie um, idea or phenomena. Are you able to explain a little bit more about your thoughts as what you think a Yowie is? Yeah, sure. It's really quite hard to know. Yeah. They, uh, there's still a big question mark on them. We have an idea of what they are from a lot of reports and um, first-hand encounters, but there's still a big question mark. Mm. You know, are they, are they a creature? Are they a being? Are they something that's not quite of this world, uh, a supernatural aspect? Mm. Um, we know that they're very old. Um, we know that they are most likely linked to other giant creatures around the world mm-hmm. that, that other people are coming to contact with. Um, but yeah, that's, it's still a very big question mark. Um, I think there are people out there that know a bit more what they are, but are unwilling to sort of divulge that information because of the way that humans are when they have something, um, of interest that they can, uh, go out there and kill and make a trophy of, Mm -hmm. um, which is quite unfortunate in our species, but, um, yeah. Yeah. So have you had any experiences? Have you gone out um, into locations to see if you can investigate possible phenomena that these particular um, possible animals might might be giving? Or have you is it something from a research? Are you just looking from, um, are you reading up a lot more? So how are you conducting your information and gathering your information? Uh, well, first it was mainly just an interest. It was an interest from when I was very young. And it's sort of really just been around during the course of my life but it's only been over the past couple of years that it's really sort of picked up and um, come to the forefront for me and I suppose it's really sort of come through first-hand reports um, you know mostly just things on on the internet that you can find uh, where people have called in and recorded their accounts of what they've what they've experienced all around Australia but then there's also things in the papers and then you've got the whole indigenous side to it as well uh, which is pretty interesting mm-hmm. uh, but also pretty closed as well um, so yeah most mostly that and then there's also pretty interesting books out there as well um, with everyone's theories and thoughts on on these uh, these beings and uh, yeah pretty much went from that to just going out bush by myself you know I've always had a quite a love of the bush and yeah, just, just walking around, just trying to become one with nature. And, you know, I was, I was on my own journey. The whole Yowie thing was just in parallel with it as well. So the experiences that I have had have been quite varied and pretty freaky as well. Oh, are you but, able to reveal any of them? What's the, I mean, been some of the most freakiest and most intense experiences you've had so far? Well, one of the, one of the freakiest ones for me was when I went bushwalking up on was it Katoomba I went from Echo Point around the scenic world oh, yes. and then from scenic world around to the Golden Staircase or going across like the valley floor and all around the sides and anyway I got to the bottom of the Golden Staircase and was hanging out there for a few minutes just to catch my breath before I went up the top and I heard something maybe about three to five hundred meters it sounded like it was up along the cliff face it sounded like a yawn like a really loud yawn that at the very end of it went into something like a roar oh gosh and it happened twice in about give it a 30 second gap 
and that was right before I got ambushed by a big storm. Oh, wow. And that, that yeah, really put a bit of fear into us. I think it was just because I been haven't really been out in the bush terribly that long at that point. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of really strange sounds out there. Um, and that was, that was definitely one of them. Before sitting down and actually interviewing Ben, we had a bit of a chat about what we thought the origins of this particular creature could be. So as we were probably discussing a little while ago, that the origins of these things, mm-hmm. um, I think when you think about it, it's not really that far-fetched to believe that they could be us. Mm. Because, you know, we're only really a 1% or 2% difference from the great apes, right? And then you put that and throw it into the bush, into the wilderness, um, and you're going to get you're going to get something, mm. something pretty pretty different. So, do you think they are more closely aligned to us as as humans or as to the ape lineage? I think they're both. Okay. Um, from from reports that we've gotten, you know, you constantly hear of them being described as like ape men. Now, it's, it seems a little bit, little bit funny that. You know, people put them in such a category as ape men, as opposed to like people saying, "Oh no, they were like looked like they were part kangaroo or part I don't know bear or something like that, or one of the one of the old one of the real old animals that we don't really hear about much these days mm-hmm. that were in, that was in the the ancient world." So yeah, it's 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 a little bit funny that everything like that is lined up the way it has. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you, if you just think about it for, for a little while, things really sort of fall into place. And as I was saying to you before about how there was, I can't remember which culture it was now, but how there was a rite of passage for boys overseas to be basically just be thrown out into the wilderness and left there for months. And, you know, they'd either die or they'd survive and come home. But then there were the other ones that were, would become one with the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reports that came back from the ones that saw them were that they were much bigger, much stronger, a lot tougher and a lot wilder. Yeah. So the adapting <coughs> ability of these particular animals, yeah. you know, over, I mean, we're talking thousands of years here, thousands yeah. and thousands of at years. Least, I think at least a good 80,000 years mm. that these things have had time to evolve um, and to learn. Do you think they've got a, a, a consciousness? Like, do you think they're... Oh, yeah. Are quite intelligent at all yeah i think they're highly yeah. intelligent yeah um just from reports um the way that that people uh tell tell their stories about them uh, the stories have ranged from these being stalking mm. certain people to following to playing games to doing things that not that you wouldn't find in a typical typical animal behavior yeah, so yeah, I do, I do think they're highly intelligent. And, um, you know, if they, really, if they really wanted to harm us, I think they, they would. Because the sizes that, that they range from, um, as I'm sure a lot of people will, who are following the subject know, they range from anything from being three feet up to, I think the tallest one I heard was about 13 foot. Mm. And even the small ones, I've heard of small ones um, attacking people and that they were very strong yeah why do you think they would attack a person well i think they would attack someone because you know we were doing something that we shouldn't have yeah i think it's that simple um for a being to be this 
intelligent. Mm. I think that it's got its own social structure along with its kind and its own beliefs. Um, and the bush is their home. It's that simple. Um, you know, if I came into your home and, and did something like, you know, just started running around the place causing chaos, you wouldn't, you know, be too kind to that, would you? <laughs> um, and I think it's the same with them. Mm. Uh, and the, the indigenous call them that, call them the, the protectors of the bush. Um, and I think that's, that's pretty accurate. That's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening and keep investigating. 